Hey, this is Ian from Kowloon Walled City, and you're listening to the Epitome of Stupidity. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Hi there. Welcome to episode 84 of Epitome of Stupidity, an allegedly metal podcast. Brian's favorite. I am Brian. I'm Clint. In the background is Kowloon Walled City. Uh, Their ridiculously great new song, Piecework, is playing. It's the title track off their just-released new album. Um, Quick, what number is it on the album? uh, One. Nope. It's not? It is. is. Okay. Don't you fucking fuck with me. You know I don't know titles, but I know you do. I know that... You do that I do, that, you know, and stuff. And Anyways, this is, this is how our podcast This is, so. is us saying things in the microphones and recording. You don't regret pushing play on this at all yet. Um, so, yeah, Kowloon, Walled City, released a new album on the October 8th. And uh, surprise, it's really fucking good. If you like Kowloon, Walled City, you're going to like this fucking album. The place and or the music. Uh, great. My wife wants me to point out that she actually grew up in Kowloon, Walled City, so... I think I'm actually supposed to do that when we're talking to Ian of Kowloon Walled City, but uh, you don't care. Uh, I have gotten it out there. Uh, Brian, what have you been listening to there, buddy? Oh, man. That's a tough one. It really shouldn't be. I mean, I've listened to the Kowloon Walled City. Did you? Yeah. Look at you. Three times in a row. Look at you. Other than that, nothing worth mentioning. Mentioning. I can't. I can think of. I don't write it down like you do. I write it down. I know, like I do. Oh, typo. There I you go. That. I fucking. <laughs> I was waiting on it. I didn't want to have to tell you for yourself. I did that. I did that. I've done. Went back to Deftones more than three times. Even listened to Around the Fur the other day. Look at you. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Sometimes. Yeah. I've done a lot of uh, that new Four Stroke Baron. Again, it is really fucking good. I enjoy it a lot. The guitars and the riffs and the rhythms are so much fucking fun. Seven Dust, Metallica, Mastodon, Demon Hunter. Ooh, Lamb of God. You went oh, you went one too far there. There you go. Um, anyways, um, four-stroke Baron, really I got to remember how to do that. Listen, I can look at that. Right. You can look at your history yeah. there on your uh, streaming thing. Boom. I learned something new. It's only fucking four years doing this podcast. And that, yo, we're always learning. Yeah. Uh, I've listened to a lot of that new ministry because it is a lot better than I thought it would be. I actually really enjoy it. 
Uh, of course, listen to some typo because it is October and that's what one does. And, um, you know, as previously noted, Carolyn Wald City put out a new album. I've actually been listening to it for a few weeks now because I'm cool and they sent it to us. And, yeah, take that. Just, yeah, whatever. Fucking <laughs> and stuff. Uh, I'd like to mention our guys Brimminghorn here. Uh, our continuing partnership with them. If you use the code Epitomed, E P I T O M E A D, all one word, at BrimminghornMeadery.com, you'll get 10% off your order. They will ship some delicious mead right to your house. I just ordered some the other day for my son's 21st birthday. He's not into the beers yet, but he does like the meads because they are delicious. Shout out to JR at Brimminghorn for helping me figure out how to use my computer. And make the order, even though I've done it dozens of times before. I tried to order from my work computer, and apparently it won't let me. Well, yeah. That makes sense. They got that shit locked down. (laughs) They do. They do. (laughs) They do. Um, Ordering mead from the work computer. I've done it before. It was just a different work. Good God. Good God, Lemon. Anyways. um, Ian. I think we should talk to him. He is the bassist. He's the bass player. Of the Kowloon Walled City band. Of uh, the Kowloon Walled City. We're going to call him. Dial some numbers, buddy. He's going to answer. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Doop, 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 doop. Ring. All right, man. Uh, on the line, we have Ian of Kowloon Walled City after no small amount of idiotic things on our end. Um, Ian, how are you this very early morning for you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for asking. I mean, it's real. I do. I do a bunch of podcasts myself, so it's really not a podcast recording unless there is technical difficulties, right? You feel uh, you feel like you haven't done your job unless you've fucked it up in some way. <laughs> unless <laughs> things are going terribly wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so on to more worthwhile things. Two days in, how has the reception been to the new album, Piecework? Oh man, pretty overwhelming. Like I've been, uh, it's been really lovely. People have been extremely supportive. I feel like um, perhaps more than any record before people are getting it. Like maybe we've been doing the thing long enough and <laughs> and sort of have, have established like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I can say, yeah, the, the reception has been great and people do seem to be picking up what we're putting down, you know, the sparseness um the space the negative space uh it's been really really gratifying and uh overall i mean more than anything else i'm just relieved that the fucking thing is out it's been percolating <laughs> for percolating for five years oh, i'm just glad shit. that it's finally out there and people can hear it amen oh to that God. uh you mentioned it there briefly let's if you don't mind let's talk about the uh the writing process for this where you guys uh, I love the quote there, uh, restrain yourselves into oblivion while writing this. I, <laughs> hold on. I got, so, uh, hold on. I got to ask a question first. I got to kind of yeah, fra- rephrase this differently. So Clinton and I are in a band. He plays the bass. I play guitar. We're in two bands. He early on told me, write less busy riffs, simpler the better, the notes that aren't played, that kind of thing. So then when I do, I'll write. Something very simple, very melodic and slow. And then he's like, Yeah, I got an idea for the bass. And he comes in and goes, Dum 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 dum. So <laughs> and he's shaking <laughs> and he's shaking his head, yes. Yeah. So the real question is, how how do you do it right and not do it like Clint does and leave the space where their space goes and, and not put in a big old, you know, tail at the end of something that doesn't need one and that's how the question is is supposed to go there, Clint. Well said, Brian. Yeah, right. we're gonna well, learn you today. Yeah. 
Uh, I think the answer is you need Scott Evans uh, standing, looming over you while you're <laughs> writing stuff, Perfect. yelling at you if you play like an eighth note. He's like, no, only whole notes, only half notes. Like, no. You need a taskmaster, like keeping you on task. Scott is very like he, you know, this has been Scott's band from the jump, and he has like a very specific, defined, you know, creative brief for this thing. He's known what he's wanted it to be from day one. And you know, I brought in like when we first started jamming 15 years ago now, I brought in a bunch of pedals and like fancy shit. He's like, nope, take that shit out of here. <laughs> we're, we're about simplicity, we're about restraint, we're about less is more. I'm like, okay, I'm willing to give this a try. I come from like a a hardcore background and I'm used to playing fast and, and, you know, not very precise. And he's like, no, this is the opposite. This is slow and very precise. So somebody has got to be in there editing. And Scott is that guy, like John, uh, the guitar, the other guitar player who writes a lot of the, the wilder stuff that you hear on the records. Uh, John is like, John's brain is broken in a very wonderful way. I play in a couple <laughs> of different bands with John and he writes these, Riffs that like no normal human being would write. He's a total alien. And so he'll come in with something and Scott's like, great, play one eighth of those notes. <laughs> one eighth of like, those. Like literally. And then we'll, we'll straighten it out. We'll simplify it. We'll reduce it to its essence. And that's how the shit gets done. And it takes a really long time. Like the writing, like you can think about the writing is like 10% of it. And the editing is 90. Wow. You see, you would, you would think it would be the opposite, like something that's got so much space. It'd be like, that's probably pretty quick to write, but no. it's, it's sifting through. I mean, it, it is very counterintuitive in that regard. Yeah, it's like yeah, we come in and, and we just keep stripping stuff away. It's more like sculpting, right? Like, you know that the, uh, the figure is inside the block of marble somewhere <laughs> and you're trying to strip away everything that's not the, the sculpture. All right. Was there ever a point where you guys had to realize that you'd... Uh, I guess restrained yourselves too much would be the way to ask this. Yeah. Do you ever add anything back in? Um, I mean, I'm sure we do, but that, that's a really good question um, that I'm not sure I've been asked before. I kind of don't think so. Like we're, we're all about like, you know, reducing it to its, to, to just what needs to be there. And I mean, in terms of adding stuff in, like, yeah, maybe we tried something once and we're like, we, we, we left it behind and then we're like, Oh, you remember that? Like, uh, that little tag that we did, let's add that back in. But it's not like we've gone too far and we need to reverse course. It's always forever, forever moving forward, I guess. Who, uh, and going back to the way Brian led into this earlier, I really hope the answer is you. <laughs> um, who in the band had the hardest time with all this restraint? Well, I would say that it's definitely Dan, um, the drummer. This is, uh, Dan's been in the band for like five years, I think, but this is the first record that Dan has yeah. played on. Yeah. So, Dan, uh, we we know Dan from you know stuff around the Bay Area. He's done uh, front of house sound for clubs in the area, so we all knew Dan. And John played in a band with Dan back in the day, but Dan made his bones playing drums in Early Graves, who was who were like this you know spastic thrash band that we all really really love. So Dan's used to playing like double kick and blast and stuff like that. So clearly, like he didn't even want to join the band at first. He's like, I can't and will not play that song. <laughs> like, like literally, we asked him, and he's like, No, I'll pass. I'm good. Uh, but we finally like twisted his arm and forced him to play with us. And so it's been for sure the hardest for him. And now he is the heartbeat and the pulse of the band. Like he keeps us, uh, he keeps us on point. He is so good. He's learned and internalized, uh, you know, the playing slow stuff. But it was definitely a huge, huge adjustment for him, as it was for me early on. Like I said, 
I'm used to playing hardcore. More is better. You know, faster is better. Um, but I've been at it a lot longer than him. At, uh, you got other bands, right? So you get the outlet for the faster stuff and the, all that busier for stuff. For sure, yeah. Other, yeah. Like I play in another band with Dan called No Lights, which is like, uh, you know, dark punk stuff. And then I play like in a, in a straight up punk band called Strange Light. And I get to play as many notes as I want. <laughs> those, as many notes those as I can Those outlets are important, right? Because I, I, I think if this were my only band, I'd be like, I would be, you know, chafing at the bit, wanting right. to play more. But no, I have other outlets for that stuff. The uh, all, kind of per usual with you guys all of the the vocals lyrics and music all have a sense of almost melancholy but somehow even with all the restraint and pull back stuff there's there's like a positive energy that comes through how i mean is that done intentionally how the hell does how the hell does this come through yeah I, i'm sort of i feel like i'm ill-equipped to answer that question that's the scott uh writes the the vast majority of the lyrics john and i occasionally will provide like an idea that scott will craft into something but no, I think it was very important for uh, for Scott for this record to, I guess I wouldn't call it hopeful, but to have some hope in it. Like we're, we're living through like really bleak times, man. And like uh, if I had to get up and sing these songs every night on tour, I wouldn't necessarily wanting be wanting to you know sing only about uh, bleak and hopeless stuff. So I think it's important to him to him to put out a message that that has some hope in it and also you know for us to perform something that doesn't feel just completely bleak and hopeless that uh that certainly makes a lot of fucking sense um uh, you mentioned it there briefly so i i'll run with this uh, uh it's it's definitely a weird currently a an even weirder than usual world uh <laughs> And you mentioned touring there. Are there? I, I know that this is kind of hard to map out at this point in time, but are there any plans to put up, put together some shows or a tour? There are plans. Uh, we've actually booked um, some release shows here in the Bay, and we are in discussions about uh, playing some stuff uh, outside of outside of California. So uh, nothing to announce just yet. There's still all the particulars are getting worked out. But yes, we have every intention of. Uh, uh, getting out there and and playing these songs in front of people, uh, God God willing, and the creeks don't rise. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. We can't wait. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. The uh, a quick note about the uh, the album cover there. That it, I think it does a really good job of relaying what comes through musically and the the note that we keep hitting here with restraint and kind of minimalist. How uh, I mean, how did that come to be? Is that someone's attic or something? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, like, Scott, uh, Scott is a like is is a designer, and he's married to a designer, and so they they have always handled that stuff uh, sort of in house. Like, they have the vision for what they want all this stuff to look like, and so I, I don't know how much you've read about the record, but a lot of the lyrics are based on Scott's grandmother's experience in i want to say rural tennessee you know piece work she used to work in a, in a shirt factory and sew collars on shirts and get paid by the piece and that's where the the, the name piecework comes from yeah. and so i think he wanted to evoke that sort of uh i don't know like appalachian um sort of old-timey uh desolate vibe with the cover and so uh i think he found this woman melissa the photographer on instagram and really liked the uh sort of the mood of her work. And so we worked with her to capture some photos that, you know, conveyed that that same mood. And oh, then yeah. she also shot some video that we're able to use for 
uh, some of the footage uh, in the videos promoting the the record. So uh, again, Scott, like much with the, much like with the music, he has a very um, particular like distinct idea of what he wants the visual identity of the band to be and always has. Like it's been photography the last. Uh, Let's see, I guess the last four records. So Gambling on the Richter Scale was like a photo taken just after the 1907 earthquake. And then Container Ships was uh, the, obviously the container ship run aground. Um, grievances was that, the, the factory from the, uh, the early 20th century and now and now this house uh, taken in 2019 or 2020. So yeah, you guys- that's, 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 Go ahead, please. No, you guys, I was just gonna say, you guys, you know, kind of on par with what you're saying about Scott definitely have uh, a very specific sound and a very specific visual. And I mean, if you've got the, the wherewithal and the thought process to have this and it fucking works as well as it does, obviously kudos to you guys. Nice to have someone around so decisive, right? <laughs> no, this is what I want. Well, this you, is how it's going to be. I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, it's, it, uh, and I think, I think we're going to continue talking about Scott a little bit here because he does a lot of the recording and everything, right? Yes, he does. Yeah, it's all it's all him. It has been since our very first record. Yeah, the uh, it's noted that there are not a lot of overdubs, and at times this this thing sounds like it was almost just recorded live. Uh, is that something that you enjoy, or do you would you like to do more of the the overdubs and adding stuff to it? I have always been like I come out of a punk rock school, so I have always been like you know the band in the room playing the songs together. Uh, I know that the industry has changed a lot in the time that I've been playing music and like very, that's now the exception rather than the rule. It used to be the rule that you just, you'd rehearse and you'd get really tight and you'd play the songs and you'd track them to tape. And, you know, there are always overdubs. Um, at least, you know, in my experience, there haven't always been overdubs. But since I've been doing this, yeah, you do fixes, you do punches, you double the guitars, you might add some harmonies and stuff. But the core of it, the kernel of it, was the band playing together in the room. Clearly, that's not how most heavy records are made now. You, right. you maybe you track the drums, maybe you, you're going to put them on a grid. Uh, yeah. Everybody's going to lay their shit down afterward, and like, and that's that's the state of the industry, and that's how stuff's done. And I don't, you know, I, I don't have a value judgment on that. I think there is a sense. Uh, and I think you're hearing it on the record, you know, based on the question that you just asked. I think you are hearing for guys playing together in a room. And I think, you know, with as much room mic sound as Scott adds in, you know, you get those, you hear the Dan counting hi-hats or like <laughs> tapping a cymbal in the background. Like these are clearly, you get a sense of space uh, in the recordings that is better, that, that frankly is not always there. Like right. <laughs> we, we, all, we, all, we all love Meshuggah. So this is not, <laughs> not meant as any value judgment. Like, but it sounds like those records are made on a space station, yeah. right? Like there is no, there's no sense of place. It's just like five of the best musicians you've ever heard uh, beaming their performances <laughs> to a satellite right. and then like, you know, back down to earth or something. Like there's no sense of place or space. And we're the opposite. We are completely untalented, but we have a specific... <laughs> We we have we have a thing that we're doing. It's the polar opposite of Meshuggah. But uh, you know, that that's 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 what we're about. No, I love that. That's a great description. I and I mean, you know, Meshuggah, I always think of Fear Factory when it comes to things like that where it, where it's mm -hmm. clearly a very processed and studio thing. But I mean oh, yeah. for my money, I, I love the sound of a, a band in a room recorded and 
uh, you know, the space, I never really thought about it that way until you said it just now, just the space that is mm-hmm. almost has its own fucking presence as its own instrument in the music that comes Absolutely, through. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's really great. I never thought about it like that. Um, cool. It, it I, I, um, I'm going to stutter my way through asking this here. It, it <laughs> I, I mean, how often does your head spin going back and forth between your punk bands and Kowloon? Because they're just uh, such stark differences. Yeah. I, I guess um, I've been doing it for so long that it's the challenge for me is just keeping all the songs straight. Like I used when I was young and my memory was sharp and I was like good. I used to be able to just like, I, I wouldn't have to practice. I could just rip the songs. Like if I had a show to, tonight, I could go in and, you know, if this were 20 years ago, if I had a show that night, I could go in and rip the songs with no rehearsal. Now it's like, dude, I've got to refresh before the rehearsal before the show. Like right. I can no longer keep everything straight. There's so much on the hard drive of my brain that like it needs to be defragmented in a, in a major way. But like I had a show with no lights last night. I had to, I had to refresh my memory on all the songs, you know, before the show, which I did. And we have Kowloon rehearsal this morning, which is why I got to bounce in a few minutes. But I had to rehearse the whole new record last night in order to be able to play it with the guys today. So, so you played, just, you played a show, then rehearsed, and now have uh, practice. No, sorry, no, no, no. Earlier, earlier on, and then I, I ran through all the Kowloon stuff just to make sure it was it was in my body. Okay. Either way, not, you, not either way, you knocked out both of them last course. night. <laughs> yeah, playing too. Absolutely, and I have to. I have to because if I show up today, if I show up today not having, you know, refreshed my memory on the songs, I'd just be sitting there like an idiot. And <laughs> and then, then you'd have the- then you'd have Scott standing over you again. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Do uh, you've been with the band from the start, right? Or close? Yeah, I, but yeah. So Scott, Scott, and Jeff, uh, the original drummer. They start, you know, they responded to one another's Craigslist ad and were doing the thing for a while, but I was the original bass player. I think Scott and I met first via Craigslist, but Scott was only, Scott was a bass player by training. Like he'd always played bass in, in bands before and I only play bass. So we met up because we had so many similar interests and I think we responded to one another's ads. And we're like, well, clearly this isn't going to work. We're going to both play bass unless <laughs> we're going to do like a Ned's Atomic Dustbin like cover band or something. <laughs> Um, so we're like, oh, we'll, we'll just stay in touch and, you know, I'll come see your band when you get it established and you can come see mine. And eventually Scott switched over to guitar when he started doing stuff with Jeff and he, that's when he called me up and was like, do you want to come down and do this thing? And I brought too many pedals and, <laughs> <laughs> then and I showed up with the pedals. Yeah. Do yeah, you ever been there since the jump? That's awesome, man. Do, do you ever look back at the evolution of the band and think, holy shit, like the rest of us kind of do? <laughs> Yes, yes and no. I mean, so I've lived through it. It's kind of like um, you don't notice, I don't know, maybe you don't notice your kid growing up because you see the kid every day, right? And so you don't notice the, 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 the growth. But then if you see somebody that you haven't seen in five years, they'll go, holy shit, your kid is huge now, right? <laughs> right, right. So I've been there every day. Uh, so it, it seems less striking to me. But when I think back to the original creative brief, it was like, we're going to do Godflesh, Neurosis, and Shallow North Dakota, and Unsane. Like, it's going to be slow, deliberate, repetitive, and super, super heavy. Obviously, we've backed way off on the gain, way off on the guitar tone heaviness, but hopefully we've retained the, the weight and the heaviness of everything else, irrespective of the guitar tone. 
But yeah, when you go back and listen to gambling, uh, or especially Turk Street, like you listen to Scott just destroying his right, throat right. and the super saturated guitar tones. Clearly, we're not doing that anymore. But again, since I've been there for the whole progression, it doesn't seem that pronounced to me. But I totally get that it does to other folks. Well, I mean, if you could do the whole time machine thing and head back to 2008 or nine or whatever it was with Turk yeah. Street or gambling on the Richter scale and played piecework for the band then, how do you think they'd, <laughs> how do you think they'd respond? I don't think anybody would get it, man. I mean, <laughs> I think we would tell ourselves to get the fuck out of it. Because, you know, you've got you've got to age and mature into that stuff. Like, you got to listen to a lot of Low. You got to listen to a lot of Gillian Welch. You've got to listen to a lot of, I don't know, Red House Painters or something. Like, all that slowcore stuff. So um, cool. And you've got to just, just like age into a, a maturity where you can, you know, be confident in presenting the stuff all stripped back. We're hiding behind a bunch of a bunch of distortion, and we're no longer doing that because we feel comfortable with what we're presenting. That's uh, damn it, son of a bitch. That sounds like actual growth, right? That's <laughs> yeah. God forbid. Son of a holy shit! How do you do that? We're gonna have to write that down. Right. Um. What uh. What 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 are some of your influences, Ian? What are you currently listening to? Oh, what am I listening to? That's a really good question. Uh, I'm digging the new Halsey record, the one that um uh, Trent did. Uh, what's his face, Trent Reznor? Reznor, yeah. Did. Uh, vibing on that a lot. What else am I listening to these days? Um, I listen to a lot of grime and drill stuff, like the UK rap stuff. Um, didn't see that coming. Yeah, I listen to a ton of Steely Dan all the time. There you go. I love Mission Steely Dan. Yeah, JPEG Mafia, uh, New Charlie XCX, ZZ Top always. Yeah. What else? Uh, oh, I've been listening to a lot of, like, really stupid moshcore lately. Uh, you know, stuff like Jesus Peace and Gulch and Tsunami and stuff like that. Uh, I like to throw that on when I'm at the gym. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place, man. I love Big Beat. I love, love Chemical Brothers. Um, and dumb shit like that from the 90s. Um, I do a side project called Interesting Times Gang. I've got a record coming out. I'm not sure when this podcast is coming out, but the next Interesting Times Gang record, either my fifth or sixth album, is coming out uh, on Friday. And that's like all instrumental hip-hop beats. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm working on another ITG EP that's sort of something, you know, stuff along the same lines. So I'm, I'm all over the place, It man. sounds like it. <laughs> wow. Um, interesting. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned earlier about playing a show with uh, shit. I've already forgot the name, and I'm looking at uh, oh, was it no lights that we played last night. Yes, yeah. uh, and obviously it, it, there was uh, a long time in between shows um, because of previously mentioned idiotic state of the world. Uh, but was there was there any kind of performance performance anxiety coming back to it, or has there been previously? Not not performance anxiety. I mean, I guess there's always sort of COVID anxiety these days. Like, uh, I mean, I'm I'm vaccinated and have been for, I don't know, coming up on a year, I guess. I don't know. We got the vaccine very early. My wife and I both are, are educators. And so right. we, uh, we got vaxxed early. But I don't know. I just feel weird. Like, you know, it's social anxiety, not uh, performance anxiety. I've been doing this for so damn long that it really is nothing for me to get up on stage. It feels like, I don't know, getting out of bed in the morning. Um, I don't mean that to sound like jaded or like whatever, but it's just like, yeah, I've been I've been at this for a minute and feel comfortable <laughs> doing the thing. But it's like being around people. Um, 
that's that's the part that still <laughs> makes me feel a little uneasy. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy how different you look at a gathering of people. Right now, you're no, like, oh, we, stay we, away from me. We <laughs> can we completely understand the whole COVID anxiety. That's another phrase that I'm I my rule is I will give you credit the first time, but after that, I'm stealing it and it's mine, and I'm stealing COVID anxiety. <laughs> uh, in fact, I feel way more comfortable on stage. I felt way more comfortable on stage last night than I did uh, in the crowd. You know, in the in the bar waiting to go on. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, I no. Feel, yeah, where I on, man. We've had a couple shows with our bands here in the past. I don't know what two months or something like that, and the days, like two or three days leading up to, it, it's just every the the anxiety's just ratcheted up so far. Where and our wa- singer had to miss. Where you waiting on the text saying, <laughs> "Dude, guess what? Tested positive." Fucking sorry. And yeah. yeah, our singer did have to bail on one because uh, he. That's positive. That's the positive. But uh, yeah, the way it goes. It's. The, living in the future is over fucking rated, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no doubt. Uh, well, Ian, I know that you've got uh, more important stuff to do than talking to our dumbasses. So we're going to wrap this up <laughs> in the uh, idiotic way that we do. I will let Brian take it from here. All right. We're going to do a real quick rapid fire question or questionnaire thing. You get two choices. Pick which one better suits you, and Clint will tell you if you're right or wrong, even though it's personal. Let's preference. go. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Amen. Toilet paper, under or over? Oh, obviously over. Okay. Beatles or Stones? Beatles. No. Damn it. <laughs> he was, that's, the, that's the longest he's been quiet today, and then you, you had to. Uh, Simpsons or Family Guy? You guys, need to watch, you guys need to watch the McCartney thing with Rick Rubin. I did. Really I did. Yeah. I loved it. As a bass player, that was like, just inject that right in my veins. And my, uh, my wife is from over there, and she hates, okay. she hates the Beatles and McCartney himself with such a fucking passion. I had to find time when she wasn't around to watch it. she actually a Scouser? Is she from Liverpool? No, she's actually Scottish, but she spent a lot of time oh, okay. in London. And she actually grew up in, uh, she actually spent, her dad was in the Army, and uh, she actually grew up in Kowloon Walled City for a good portion ever you oh, shit yeah Amazing. there you go lou i got it in yeah that, that's that's lou that's, yeah. <laughs> all right um simpsons or family guy simpsons gummy bears or gummy worms uh what's good worms all right beer or liquor neither uh, seltzer <laughs> seltzer um marvel or dc if you're into such things marvel marvel woods or the ocean ocean Fall or spring? Spring all day, baby. Sausage links or sausage patties? This is a big one. <laughs> links? Who picks patties? What's Dude, wrong? no. <laughs> God damn it. You <laughs> did so well. And uh, uh, one last quick one here. It's a little off, but uh, if you had to do karaoke, what song would you do? Oh, I always, always, always do Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. <laughs> that is my go-to jam. Now we can tie in Brian's wife because she's the world's biggest Bon Jovi she's got, fan. She's got three tattoos of Bon Jovi. Yeah. It's all about Zimbora on that song, let's be honest. You wanna g- vocals and the leads, like he's just killing it on that one. You want to give us a little taste of Ian doing Jovi? Oh, hell no. Oh, come on. <laughs> Not, not a chance. Uh, <laughs> I had to try. When, when we come through Columbus, we'll go out and we'll do karaoke, and I'll, I'll fucking regale you guys. <laughs> I, I've, I've never looked forward to anything more in my life. Fantastic. Let's uh, go. Uh, Ian, it's been a lot of fun. We really appreciate you taking some time out of your morning because, again, it is 8 o'clock for him, and, uh, you know, whatever time it is for us, <laughs> who can keep track? Um, 
We really appreciate you keeping or giving us some of your time and don't want to keep you from going to practice with the boys. But we are going to get you out of here on our completely original question that nobody's ever asked anybody before. <laughs> you get shipped off to an island. You get to take one album with you. What's that album? For the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Easiest question ever. It's ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space by spiritualized. It is the greatest record that mankind has ever produced. And, uh, it's, it's all I would ever need on a desert island. I can honestly say I have no fucking idea what just happened. Those are just a lot of words. Those are just a lot of words. <laughs> the band is called spiritualized. Their magnum opus is called ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. Uh, find some time, uh, an hour to set aside today and listen to it. It will change your life. What kind of music is it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, really <laughs> ornate, uh, really ornate rock and roll. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, it's just incredible. No, I don't have words for it. You just need to experience it. That is officially on the to-do list. All I will right. check that out. Hell yes. Uh, again, man, we really appreciate you taking the time out. We love the fucking album. It is great. Hope to see you come through. You know, if you can make it from the left coast all the way over to Ohio, we look forward to seeing you. And, uh, you know, all the best, man. Yeah, send our best to the guys when you see them in a little bit. For sure. Thank you guys so much for having us and for the kind words about the record. It's, uh, it's really, um, yeah, thanks a lot. Really grateful. Take it easy, man. Bye. Bye. I think that was the best conversation with a bassist I've ever had. I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm well aware. Um, he was really great. Um, and Kowloon are obviously really great as well. Clint's very distracted right I now. I just realized that I swiped away my uh, outline. Oh, no. Okay. Well, no, thanks no, again. Nope, nope. To I Ian. got this. I oh. got this. I got this. I got this. This is all staying in, by the way. Oh, good. Thanks to Brimminghorn Meadery. Epitomied to get 10% off. Get you some. Here we go. And then coming up is Kowloon Wall City's song. Thanks again to Ian <laughs> of Kowloon Wall City. Stay tuned for their fucking, I love this song so much. Oxygen Tent off of the album piece work that we've been talking about. Uh, thanks, uh, as always, to the sponsor, Brimminghorn. Uh, if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a review. Uh, find us on the socials as long as the socials are Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And uh, I think that's it. I can't believe I couldn't remember that on my own. Yeah, I could have. Good job, Brian. Yeah. So, oxygen, oxygen, oxygen tent, oxygen tent, go.